What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. 1-1-1-2-3. Yes. How does it make you feel? I didn't realize it was 11123 till right this second. It's a pretty cool date. On this pretty cool date, Ty, we were reviewing a film that's been out a few weeks, came out around Christmas time. I saw it a few weeks ago. I hyped it up a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You reluctantly pushed back yeah. to everyone, all the people you love in your life that told you you need to see this. And you finally caved in. We were reviewing the film Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah. Now, I need you to know, I didn't cave because of you. I caved because of... The audience, um, Rotten Tomatoes, everyone has been raving about this film that I thought was the third in this series. Um, it is the second. The reason I'd never heard of the second one is because it didn't exist. This is the second one. Um, last I checked, I'm part of that audience. So did you did you review it on Rotten Tomatoes? I did. Liar. <laughs> um, look, I'm I'm happy we're reviewing this. It might not be a new release, but I mean, Megan looked terrible. And actually has really, really good reviews, so maybe we fumbled the bag there. Um, but we decided to do um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, instead, Ty. I think we still made a good uh, choice. 60% of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> When Puss in Boots finds himself down to the last of his nine lives, he embarks on a journey to find the magical last wish and restore what he has lost. Did you write that? Damn straight. Uh, however, I will say, taking a look, it's it's almost identical to the one on IMDb. You know what? That's fine. You wrote it yourself. You unintentionally plagiarized Ty. Um, but that's okay. I mean, it's a synopsis. Everyone's going to probably be around the same thing. At least they should be. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% audience score, Ty. Um, this very is a film. High. Yes, very high. Came out on Christmas. It's already on Voodoo if you want to rent or buy it or Amazon Prime Video or I think like YouTube, like everywhere you can rent or buy it. Um, and if you've got children at home but you don't want to go to the movies, I highly recommend buying this film, Ty. Jay, right at this very moment, I'm just realizing someone who we both love was in this film. Who's that? Florence Pugh. Yeah, she was the uh, Goldilocks. <clears throat> yep. I'll be goddamned. I, I knew that. that. I knew that the whole time. I was wondering why that was my favorite character. I think subconsciously. <laughs> that, oh, that was your favorite character. No, but I love me some Florence Pugh. Um, now, a little bit of a left turn here, Ty. I didn't prep you on this. I just kind of wanted to left love turn that. you without you knowing. Yep. Um, Puss in Boots was av- uh, <laughs> nominated for the Golden Globes. Best animated 
feature tie. Did it win? No, because Pinocchio fucking electric. Golden Globes, Globe, Globes. The Golden <laughs> Globes were yesterday, January 10th, 2023 tie. We have the results. Ran. Lowest TV ratings of all time for the Golden Globes. No one knew that it happened. No one watched. It wasn't even trending on Twitter, no. which now like trends are weird on Twitter. I feel like nothing's ever trending on Twitter. Fucking Elon, man. I'll, I'll, I'll click the trending tab and the number one trend will have like 3000 tweets. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem right. Well, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp has been on my trending tab for, I shit you not, like three months straight. <laughs> it's never gone away. Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. One word reaction? Wow. Uh, big ass head. It's three words, but big ass head. Modoc? Yeah. Big ass He head. looks pretty good. Like mm, the one with the mask, or did you see the screenshot of him without the mask? It was just the still, or like the very quick in the trailer I saw. So there's two very quick in the trailer. There's one with him with a mask on, and then there's a CG'd face that looks ridiculous. And it's just a giant face. I don't remember. Honestly, uh, it looks ridiculous, but you can't make that character not look ridiculous. I feel like. Well, yeah, that's that was going to be my point is I thought for what that character is, it looked it looked fine. Um, so this did not win best animated uh, feature. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio did, which um, very deserving. We, film. we have reviewed, but have not released yet. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Maybe deserving. Don't, don't show your cards too much. Marcella show with shoes on did not win. Shouldn't have been anim- animated. I stand by that. It should have won for best documentary. <laughs> um, now, Golden Globe results don't always translate directly into Oscars. I mean, last year, um, Power of the Dog was, like, sweeping up so yeah. many different categories. And then in the Oscars, like, didn't really win anything. Rightfully so. Um, so, take everything with a grain of salt. Um, I was surprised Austin Butler won Best Actor in a uh, motion picture drama, most notably over Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Um, yeah. Two movies I've not seen, but just based on reading the tea leaves, it seemed like Brendan Fraser is just the runaway favorite for Best Actor this year at the Austin Oscars. Austin Butler feels like someone I would fucking hate. Okay. He, I don't, just why? Seems, he just seems so. Someone was saying something, how like he talks like Elvis now. He's like, oh, I guess that role is just going to be a part of my DNA forever. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're an actor. You play make-believe for a living. <laughs> He's going to be in Dune Part 2. He plays uh, Boyd Rotha. So, Boyd it. Rotha, musician? <laughs> I don't know. I can't confirm nor deny that. Okay. Um, he won Best Actor for a Motion Picture Drama. Um, the Fablemans won Best Motion Picture for a Drama. That's the Steven Spielberg film. Um, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran won Best Motion, motion Picture for Musical or Comedy. Colin Farrell also Ed got Sheeran. Yeah, he won um, Best Performance in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. That's what he won. Um, actress for that same award, Michelle Yao, Yo, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, a movie we loved, a movie we gave a 93 out of 100, or at least I did. I think you may have, may, may have given it a little bit lower. Very glad the actors are getting some love in that film. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, Tar, uh, she was Best Actress in a, in a Drama. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, the actors, um, the Waymond character, he, he, he won. I don't want to butcher his name, his real name. I'm just – <laughs> Wayman from Everything Ever Oh, the, the husband. husband. Yeah, yeah, he won Best Supporting. Uh, Angela Bassett won Best Supporting Actress. Fuck yeah, first time in the MCU. Wakanda Forever. What'd you say? First time in MCU actor has won an award for acting. Are we sure about that? Uh, yeah. No MCU actors won at least a Golden Globe, you don't think? No. Is this like... It was a tweet. I, I mean, I didn't fucking fact-check it, but they said <laughs> from very a source that I follow on Twitter, it was the first person to win a performance-based award in the MCU. Best Director, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Best Screenplay, Martin Madonna for The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, best Original Score, which is different from a soundtrack, but Best Original Score, J- 
Justin Hurwitz, a Babylon tie. We w- reviewed Babylon last week. Do you agree with them winning Best Original Score? Fuck yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> um, and then Best Original Song is a song, uh, Natu Natu, um, from the film RRR, uh, Triple R. I don't know if you can call it Triple R, but um, I've heard really great things about RRR. Um, I don't know if it's going like a seal there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be something we ever do on the pod, but it's something I do want to watch. Yeah, it seems to be uh, seems to be very, very good. I believe it's a Bollywood film. It's the most expensive Indian film to date. No shit. Yeah. That sounds expensive. Um, so I, I don't know, though. I've heard amazing things about it. You know, people whose opinions I respect say it's one of their best movies of the year. No idea what it's about. No idea how to even watch it. I guess it's on Netflix. There you go. Um, it's three hours, which is tough. Maybe I'll give it a try. Okay. I'm uh, I'm rocking through the awards of former La La uh, well, I read La La Land because they won um, in 2016, 2017 at the Golden Globe. <laughs> First Golden Globe winner for the MCU. Nice. Are Not you saying movie-wise or are you saying Angela Bassett is the first MCU winner? Angela Bassett is the first MCU winner. Okay. No one else in the MCU has won a performance-based award before her. Best actor, best supporting, any of it. Shout out Angela Bassett. How about House of Dragon winning best uh, television drama? How do you feel about that? Fucking deservedly so. The show was wonderful. It was incredible. Um, And the rest of it, I mean, I didn't really. White Lotus won a few. Um, Abbott Elementary won a few. I know Riley was happy about that. Um, The Jeffrey Dahmer um, guy who played Jeffrey Dahmer, Evan Peters, he won for um, performance in a limited or anthropology series or television film. So, yeah, Golden Globes. Puss in Boots did not win, Ty. Nothing. Um, Nothing at the Golden Globes. Now, my mindset heading into this film, I I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't seen the Puss in Boots movie, the first one. And the Shrek, while I love Shrek and I love Shrek 2 and Shrek 3 is okay, I don't know. I just feel like there was like a weird period in animation where they just churned out. Maybe it's just it's kind of like a DreamWorks thing, but they just churned out a bunch of sequels that weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Shrek kind of fell into that. Like the fourth Shrek sucked and it just turned me off. I never wanted to see Puss in Boots. You know, I'm sure they've done these other, you know, like freaking Monsters vs. Aliens and all these other weird movies. I don't even know if DreamWorks did that. But, um, you know, I think like Kung Fu Panda, they made a horrible Kung Fu Panda sequel. Third one's actually pretty good. Um, so I was just like, oh, this is whatever. It's not going to be very good. And then it had great reviews. And I was like, okay, we'll see how it is. And we went with Gavin. And um, I was pleasantly surprised, Ty. I was from the right off the bat um, was just lured in right away. This felt like a film for me animation style was different it was creative it was unique um madagascar is another franchise where they just made a bunch of bad sequels first one's Um, wonderful though and now it has me excited for a potential shrek 5 if there ever is one which why wouldn't there be that's a lot of money you gotta make the s into a five the s with the ogre ears there you go you just make it a sharp s there you go Shrek five i don't know why they wouldn't make a fifth shrek yeah no it seems like that's the Uh, next step in this process i will say you're really shitting on the fourth shrek movie i think the third shrek movie is the bad one i don't i don't like either of them i'm 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 fine with the fourth one third one's shit i think the fourth one didn't even have his like family in it for the most part the fourth one was the one where he went back in time and then it like yeah it doesn't have his family but the family showed up in the shitty third one who gives a fuck about shrek's kids I want to see Shrek and Donkey on an adventure. The fourth Shrek sucked. Go back to the Shrek roots. Take me back to where it began. 
with waffles. Do you know Shrek is actually based off of something? Yeah. It's based off a comedy fantasy picture book published in 1990 by American book writer and cartoonist William Steig about a repugnant green monster who lives home, who leaves home to see the world and ends up marrying an ugly princess. Huh. I know what book I'm getting, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> the OG. Yeah, the OG Shrek with an exclamation point book. Fuck yeah. No, they've got to make the another movie, though, right? You would think so. I mean, they pretty much teased it at the end. I mean, and Shrek's just done nothing but grown in popularity these past couple of years. Yeah, there's like a Shrek Con or whatever it's called. Shrek Fest? Shrek Con? You ever seen that? No. Yeah, Shrek Fest. It's uh, an annual thing where they all gather around and they dress like different characters from Shrek and they do like an onion eating competition. and um, That's disgusting. Other things of Shrek nature. Um, I think it's like there's an ogre scream competition. It's uh, in Milwaukee. Um, Shrek Fest. Think Myers shows up to that? Shrek himself? I don't think so. No, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> I think he's got better things going on. <laughs> Does he? Uh, yeah, see? Cosplaying as Austin Powers somewhere, maybe? Fuck yeah. Is it cosplaying if you were the guy? <laughs> I guess a little bit. I don't know. If you're not being paid for it, it's it's only cosplaying if it's free. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's cosplaying if you're not paying. Cosplaying. Yeah. Um, what was your mindset heading into this tie? Because, like I said, you were very reluctant. <sighs> yeah, so I, again, I thought, much like you said, they pumped out a bunch of shitty sequels. I thought they had a shitty sequel to Puss in Boots already. Because um, <laughs> I, I vaguely remember the first one, and I was, whatever, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Thought they made a shitty one, thought this was a continuation of the shitty sequel mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. I wrote it off entirely. <laughs> and then again, just on Twitter and Rotten Tomatoes, everyone hyped this movie up so much. There's so many clips going around of the different scenes and stuff that we'll get to later that are wonderful, mm-hmm. fucking great. Yeah. And it just it got to a point where like we had to go see it. Yeah. Victoria also was very adamant about wanting to see it. And it was a giant I told you so from her in this situation where she wanted to see it and I said no, it's going to be shitty and then it released and everyone loved it and I ended up going to see it and like it. I'm glad. I'm glad you got that. I don't I don't like that. I don't like admitting I'm wrong. But I was wrong. I, I, I went in like expecting it to be good because everyone said it was good. I think this is a very well-animated movie. A very good story was told. I, I liked a lot. It was fun. It was a good movie. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you got to experience it. Now, where did you go see this? Because I know you guys had like a little day. Well, yeah, we went down to San Diego. Yeah. Um, I found a random theater a little north of San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's like a shopping mall thing, but it felt like the shopping mall was made in like 2000s. Like it was very out of touch shopping mall thing. How north of San Diego? Um, Qualcomm Way. Hmm. I once saw a movie north of San Diego as well. Um, I saw um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 there. And that just what you're describing on the shopping. Do you mean a shopping mall like a leg- like an outdoor mall? It's it's outdoors and it's crossed and then across like this and the theater's You know here. what? I think I've seen Jurassic Park or Jurassic World there. They have like a Jurassic World like fucking experience thing. I think I saw Jurassic World there because I think that's where my father and I went when uh, Caitlin went and saw One Direction at Qualcomm. We went to the nearby outdoor shopping mall. It was outdoors. Yeah. And we went to the movies and we saw Jurassic World, the first Jurassic World, the only Jurassic Park movie I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. You haven't seen Jurassic World Dominion? No. No. <laughs> I'm trying to pull it up. I believe uh, Westfield. That sounds right. Westfield Mission Valley. 
Yeah, I think that's where I saw Jurassic it was an AMC. World. It was the most uncomfortable chairs that I've ever sat in in a movie theater in my life. See, when I saw Jurassic World, that was pre-recliner days, so I'm sure it's a lot different now. What the heck? Look, this is the layout. Does that layout look familiar? Kind of does. It kind of does. It's wild. Great Terrible. Radio. Terrible theater experience. <laughs> um, the chairs were uncomfortable. The popcorn, it was the old timey. They fill up a bucket of popcorn, and then you put your own butter. So there's butter at the top, and then by the time you got to the middle, there was no butter. Hack for that. You stick a straw in the popcorn in the middle. That's so much work. Just fucking butter my popcorn for <laughs> me. You're getting paid to fill it. Did you ask them? Like, it wasn't an option. They just give you your popcorn. You got to go do it yourself. Hmm. Bad theater experience. Good movie. <laughs> Would not recommend that theater. I'm, I don't remember the theater we went and saw. I mean, maybe Riley could dig it back if she digged all the way in her Fandango. But we went and saw Wreck-It Ralph 2 at a movie theater. Maybe it was this AMC Fashion Valley. No, I don't know. These are like two AMCs are like really close to each other. It was a weird theater, though. It was like stadium seating, almost like the IMAX seats. Fuck it was yeah. crazy. Pretty sick. And was it reading cinemas? And I think it, it wasn't like an AMC. It was like a weird brand. I think it might. Yeah, no, I found it. Reading cinemas, Town Square, because it was in a, not a shopping mall, but a shopping center next to a Vons. Um, yep, that looks right. So you went to a different one? For Wreck-It Ralph, but I believe oh. the one you saw, I saw uh, Jurassic World there. Fuck yeah. So, yep, this is it. I'm looking at the the thing, and yep. All right, well, small world. I mean, San Diego's not very far from us, so it's no. not like... Yeah. It's a very large city. Lots of people. <sighs> I thought I was winning the Mega Millions yesterday. I was going to buy a house there. I was already looking. Yeah? Yeah. What's the real estate market looking like in San Diego? What'd you say? What's the real estate market looking like in San Diego? <laughs> Expensive. Yeah. I was looking at, like, mansions that... <laughs> just come on, like, Fuck multi-million yeah. dollar homes. Love come that. on. Didn't win. Love I matched that. one number, won two bucks. Did anyone win? I haven't been keeping up. No idea. All I know is when it crosses a bill, I'm buying. Yeah, that's when you're in. I'm not a regular lottery player, but if it's over, if I see that B, yeah, the B means buy. I just um, no, no if, one won. It's as if two hundred million dollars isn't also life changing. <laughs> uh, no one won. One point three five billion right now. Holy shit! I'm gonna go buy a ticket after this. So, um, the drawings on Friday after, I think the cash payouts like. Seven fifty, eight hundred million, and then after taxes, you probably pull in like four, five, four, five hundred mil. I can make a half a bill work. <laughs> I think I can make that last. Just put a bunch in like Apple, where they pay dividends every quarter, and then you'll be end up getting like twenty five million just in dividend payments every year, yeah. and you're good. Just buy Apple. There you go. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> I would need a loan along with that. <laughs> I can figure it out. Um, do you want to get into the scale tie, Puss in Boots? Oh, let's the talk about wish. it. Plot slash story. So, I at first I thought this was going to be like a, I don't know, he obviously gets sad and he goes to like the the lady's house and he becomes like a little kitty, like a real cat. Pickles. Kind of, kind of a weird, yeah, Pickles. Kind of a weird left turn. Um, kind of like a small part in the movie in the grand scheme of things. But like the trailer I saw for this film before seeing it focused on him turning into Pickles. Like, that's what the trailer kind of focused on. So I thought this whole film was just going to be, like, him being a mopey sad cat and living in the mopey sad cat house. Fuck yeah. The life of a house cat. And that's – and, like, kind of redeeming himself. Um, and it being a long movie about him becoming Puss in Boots again. Nope. He he dug it up, and he became Puss right back yeah. again. Pretty quickly. Um, now, eventually, he obviously learns a lesson and learns to appreciate his life. 
um, and acknowledge that death is something we all have to deal with. And instead of running from it and hiding it, instead appreciating your life. Yeah. Um, he learns that in the end. He does. Um, now, that part of the story is what really got me. Um, got points for me is because like when we talk about these animated movies they're family movies they're things for adults to see with their children like you always want there to be some sort of like kind of underlying message you know whatever and similar with like the soul you know and i think there's another you know guillermo del toro's pinocchio is another example where it kind of tells the same story kind of appreciate the life you have and death and everything now pinocchio wasn't as much of a family movie um as this is um but to tell that kind of have that kind of messaging and tell tell that story and using this story and the plot to do that i really liked it um at its surface it is just kind of like an adventure movie let's go get our last wish you know they're they got their two villains that they're fighting plus the kind of main villain puss in boots is fighting um but i thought the overall underlying kind of messaging there was pretty rock solid and i landed at a 15 out of 20 yeah i've been back and forth between two scores but i'm with you at the 15 Um, okay it's Everything that you said, it's a very baseline adventure story. You get Puss in Boots, obviously the stupid side quest, and I give up on my life shit happens. And then you see him, and he's he's after something, and multiple kind of gave me a Rat Race vibes. Rat Race vibes? Yeah, how everyone was like after something. They're you ever even seen Rat Race? Yeah. I've brought it up to you like hundreds of times, I yeah, feel I like, and it. you always just brush it off. No, you made me watch it. I watched it a while ago. You let me borrow the DVD. And you actually, did you like it? It was okay. It was exactly what I was expecting. It was kind of like a baseline. Ha ha. You know what my favorite line in that whole movie is? What's your favorite line? Uh, when they're in this Venetian suite and Mr. Bean goes, little cock doggies. My favorite line. <laughs> not a big Mr. Bean guy. <laughs> I'm usually not either, but he's fucking great in that movie. <laughs> he's great. Um, give me rat race vibes. They're all after the same thing. Okay. On a race. Okay. But it was, it's just, they're all going after some mission. There's a big fight at the end. But then you get to that underlying thing, and he has, like, fucking anxiety about death and being chased down and, like, has a fucking panic attack about it till he learns to just, you know, you don't need nine lives. Just make the most out of the one that you got. Yeah, I thought the only thing I kind of, I don't want to even say didn't like about it, but just if I'm critiquing, like, the way he defeated death at the end kind of went against the whole point. Because he was still, like, fighting death. I guess it was he wasn't afraid of death that's, anymore. That's where it is. He isn't afraid of death. You can't be afraid. You just got to live your life and not be afraid. You know, whatever's going to happen will happen, but you have to be you. Okay. Don't live in fear. Okay. Yeah. You missed Is this a uh, political statement about, COVID? you know, the COVID pandemic yeah. and people saying don't be afraid, just live your life? Be puss in boots. Don't wear a mask. <laughs> puss in boots, definitely not wearing a mask. Puss in boots was definitely an anti-vaxxer before his last oh, life. for sure. no i thought it was good though i thought that part of it was fun but at the end of the day you still have to have a puss in boots adventure which they did now i don't know was the was the girl cat in the first one is this a well-established character no okay that's a guess (laughs) i thought you've seen it Um, like one time dude i don't remember i like the little twist that they kept bringing up like this the city and it was like a mission that he like betrayed her in but no it was he left her at the altar but then she oh, also left yeah. him at the altar. Yeah. I don't know if she was lying or not. I mean, we're it's getting into mechanism. We're getting into deep stuff that doesn't even happen in the movie itself, but like was the girl cat, I don't remember her name, Soft Mittens, whatever, Soft Paws. Soft Paws. Was Soft Paws lying to Puss in Boots or did she really leave him at the altar? And if she did really le- also leave him at the altar, why is she gaslighting him so much? 
Yes, you're putting a finger up at me. Salma Hayek was in the first one. Okay. Can possibly confirm Salma Hayek as Kitty Softpaws, a street-savvy tuxedo cat who is Puss' female counterpart and love interest. Why is she gaslighting him so much, though, if she said she also left him at the altar? And how does she even know she, he left her if she wasn't there either? Did she really leave him at the altar? I don't know. That's the thing. Did she just say that to make him feel better? Or has she been gaslighting him this whole time? Is Kitty Southpaw the real villain of this film? I I think there's an argument to be made. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the story the story was good, though. Again, the, the regular chase, whatever, that is what it is. But there was even stories to be told in that. You had Goldilocks, who was trying to get a, a quote, real family. Well, yeah. I don't think I have to say quote. I think a bear family probably isn't real. No, that's um, pretty literal. She has she has pets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she learns, you know, she, everything she wanted was, like, right in front of her face, which was, like, a very obvious kind of, like, you knew this was going to happen the whole time. But it's a kid's movie. It's all right. The death thing, I mean, we'll get to the characterization of it. That was a nice little twist at the end. Like, we didn't know that was literally death yeah. up until, you know – later in the movie he dropped some hints early on he said no one's ever outran me i saw a still in the first fight when he's fighting the giant the death character is like yeah. standing in the crowd just watching just fucking chilling he's like ah i'm right here buddy <laughs> don't you fuck up man um visual cinematography ty i want you to give your score and your explanation and everything um because i have a declaration i need to make afterwards just about myself okay well, there's a trend going here with the last couple of films that we've reviewed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously no spoilers for Pinocchio, but we've given out some 20s, we've given out some 19s, we've given out some very high scores. This movie looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's raving about, especially that first opening act, where it's the fight scene, and like he's perfectly synced up with the fucking music, and it looks like fucking anime-type action and shit, and it's just... It's so good. Spider-Verse raised the bar, people are saying. And 100% is very influential. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It takes influence, I should say, from that. Yeah. And, like, different anime-type actions and shit. And it looks really, really fucking It's not good. a normal animated film, either. It's got its own style and twang to it. A million percent. Um, with that being said, I think, again, without giving away spoilers, other animated movies that we may or may not have possibly recorded and not released have done it slightly better. And I like that style of animation. I yeah. think that's that's top, top tier. But I think for an animated action film, this is damn near as good as it can possibly get. I give it a 19 out of 20. It's it's really fucking high up there. It looks good. This, the music and everything works very well with it. It's unique and it has, um, you know, an artistic little flair to it. Yeah, if you just look up Puss in Boots on Twitter and go to, like, the video section or you just scroll tweets, um, you'll see some of the clips that people are posting on Twitter. Right now, I'm watching the giant scene in the beginning and him fighting it and, um, you know, just other scenes. It's really, really well done. Um, People are talking about it for a reason and not just from a technical standpoint, um, which is great, but, like, it has that style, like you mentioned, not even from that standpoint, just, like, I don't know, like, the scenes themselves. Like, there's some really good scenes in here, mostly with the death character, where, like, yeah. if I was a child, I'd be terrified. Oh, a million percent. That wolf is scary. I'm having fucking nightmares <laughs> about that wolf. Um, it, it was done really well. Um, we ended up... <laughs> 
um, this tweet says the villain transition between the two Puss in Boots movies is the funniest shit ever. And then it's a screenshot of the egg from the first one and then the death <laughs> character from the second one. Put some um, fucking respect on the egg's name. That's Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> Even the, the last scene where they're on that star and there's like the stuff kind of going in the sky and everything like it's just it, it's 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 done really well. Um, I landed on the same score as you. I landed on a 19. Um, but my declaration I need to make is we've gone back and we've changed scores before, and I, I'm not going to do that with this. However, comma, I've noticed with animated did you, movies. Did you just pull like a Joe Biden where you've like wrote down what to say and you read out comma? <laughs> However, comma. <laughs> I just I, – I, I'm not going to change it like I said, but like I'm going to be more nitpicky with animated films because there's been too many films that have gotten a high visual cinematography score – kind of looking at you Pixar where you got a high visual because you're just technologically really good. Like I think about turning red. I gave that a 19 like, and I only gave that a high score. I think I'm sure I probably argued music, but it was just like, Oh, it's really good animation. And it had a, I gave it an 18. It had its own style too. But like, I think just being so like technically looking good when we compare it, like, wow, look how realistic that looks. Yes. It'll get it credit. Obviously. If there's a Toy Story rain scene, obviously it'll get a credit. But if it's just like, hey, this is an animated movie that looks good, like that's raising the floor. But I'm going to be more nitpicky about adding those extra points on the top. You need to have some sort of style like this does, some creativity, some something different that's not just like it could have been any Pixar movie, you know, plug, in, plug it into the engine kind of deal. Um, and I look at movies like, you know, the Pinocchio movie. That's obviously a little bit different um, because it's stop motion. You could – hear our, our thoughts on that when that comes out um but i even like mitchell's versus the machines which i call the greatest animated movie of all time even though i only gave it an 88 on our scale even <laughs> that had its own unique stylings where the movie was told like it was being made by the daughter it had the same kind of you know style whatever felt like a youtube video at times yeah which is what way. the character was yeah, yeah. And it, it was like a meta thing they did. So I think I'm just going to be a little bit more, you know, like Luca. I don't, I can't find it right now, but I'm sure Luca got a decent one. Encanto got an 18. Don't get me wrong. Encanto looks good. The music's good. So that gives it points on visual cinematography, but it might give it more points. Key elements. It's just not an 18. Like it's a, it's a well-made animated film, but I don't remember there being a scene in that film where it's like, wow, you know? So I don't know. I think I'm just going to be a little bit more stringent moving forward because I think, they're getting extra points, and I look at like our list, and there's a lot of our animated movies that are kind of sitting mid-80s that probably should be a little bit lower. I, I don't necessarily disagree. I think animation's very hard, and I think for a while there, we got really shitty animation. But I think we're past that now. I agree, and I, and I think that's why here recently, like, you get a lot of credit for making it feel unique. Mm-hmm. Do something that we haven't seen with other animated movies. Yeah. Um. Unless you're doing the full fucking Toy Story 4 rain scene. <laughs> and that's the best fucking... You can't tell that it's animated. You yeah. gotta do something else. And I think Mitchell's versus the Machines, Pinocchio, this, you can tell... Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, very much. You can tell that there's, like... They didn't just fucking put it into an engine. Like, they created these characters and these this visuals and and the style that they wanted the movie to feel like something that was unique in its own. And you got to do something like that to get credit. Yeah. This movie does. So we aren't actually making any change here. This is still getting very high score, but deservedly so. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just saying, and but this movie kind of made me realize that like there's levels to these scores, and I'm not saying the other animated like a Pixar movie is a shoe in to get probably like a 15 at worst, just because the technology's there so much. Yeah. But those extra four or five points, they got to be earned more than they maybe have been in the past. And look, this is part of our, the nature of our podcast, of the scale we do, of just trying to figure out how good movies are and how they compare is we're learning as we as we go. And I'm going to adjust. We have our own scales and ways we look at it. But, yeah, that's that for me. I, at don't, least. I don't disagree with it. I like that take, Jay. Hold yourself accountable. <laughs> <laughs> Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Key elements. Let me tell you, Ty, this movie was hilarious for me. It's pretty funny. I fall in like the perfect, like, kid, not dumb kid comedy. Like, there's some kid comedy or maybe I should say family comedy. That's just like not funny. But, like, I'm the, like, perfect, like, when I do have children, I'll be the dad that goes and enjoys the film maybe more than them. I probably enjoyed this more than Gavin did. Um, I don't know. I just love a good, like, lighthearted. You Minions. Yes, Minions are good. Minions are funny. But Minions have – they're funny in low doses. For sure. That's why I haven't seen more than the first Minions movie. Okay. Um, But, no, just this, like, the the – like – it kicks off in the beginning, and I'm laughing my butt off. Just little things like there's a scene of Puss in Boots tap dancing, and then it zooms in on his feet, and then it zooms back out, and it's the donkey tap dancing. <laughs> it's not even that funny, but I was cackling. And as we've said on this podcast multiple times, I'm a very audible moviegoer, not talking in the movie, but reacting to what's happening. And I was, I was not, I was not holding it back. I was not holding back the laughs. I thought it was a very funny movie. Um, I thought like. You know, the animation, what they're trying to do with the style worked. I thought the story, what they did worked. I've obviously laughed a little bit more. Puss in Boots isn't peak animated comedy, but it's up there for me. And I gave it an 18 out of 20. I'm a point lower. I'm at a 17. It's very funny, though. It's a very enjoyable watch. This definitely. I'm glad you thought it was funny. Yeah, it was. It was. You're laughing. There's multiple points where you can laugh and shit where he's like, you know, pour me another. And he grabs the shot glass and starts licking it like a kitty. <laughs> yeah, That's I, funny. That's I was fucking laughing. funny. I was laughing. <laughs> Like it's it's stuff like that. Like everyone's gonna laugh at it. It's yeah. perfect family comedy type humor, where it's like not dirty adult jokes, but not like stupid kid jokes, like fucking fart jokes. Like it works. It's a nice little balance. I do think the cookie cutter action adventure stuff holds it back a little in this cat category, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's a very very easy fun watch. That. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. So many times in these movies, I try to think of specific things that make me laugh, and I never do. But that that one scene where it's all dark and gloomy, and it's all like a serious moment, and then he just licks it like a cat. It was funny. It's fu- it's just, it's funny. Good shit, man. It, it's it was it was good. Yeah. So 18 out of 20. I'm glad. I was kind of worried you would be a little bit more like 
I don't want to say stubborn, but kind of a little like cynical. No, about no. It. this isn't funny. I'm Tyler, and I'm a movie snob. I only like movies like Babylon. Good fucking movie. <laughs> I saw someone being bullied online for being a Babylon stan. And I was like, oh, were fuck. you that someone on your? Did you have a a, a burner account? Yeah. And you were getting bullied, and that you're reaching out right now? No. But I'm like, I'm glad I'm not vocal on social media because I'd be getting fucking, I'd be getting hammered for this take. <laughs> uh, if you want to know what we think of Babylon, you can go listen to last week's podcast. Characters oh, tie. Oh, also, before we, I mean, I guess this rolls right in. A lot of the comedy also came from the uh, companion dog. Yeah. That was yep. just hilarious. In I was kind of saving those comments, but yeah. Well, it's just the comedy rolled into characters, Jay. Talk yeah. to me. You talked to me. I went first last time. Did you? Okay. Puss in Boots is Puss in Boots. Um, you get character development out of him where he learns not to fear. You get a whole lot of side characters in this. Yeah. You get the the Goldilocks played by the wonderful Florence Pugh. Yep. Um, you then get John Mulaney as Jack Horner. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Jack Horner? No. Is that a real fairy tale? I'm assuming. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Okay. But I'm assuming it's in there. You get Death chasing him around. And uh, you yes, get Kitty Softpaws and Perito. Played by Harvey Guillen. It is uh, uh, a real, it's a nursery rhyme. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's very funny. There's a lot of people in it. It's very much like an ensemble cast. I think the only person who really has like a character arc is Puss. Mm-hmm. Goldilocks, uh, but it's it's yeah. so it's so fucking cookie cutter. What about uh, Burrito? Burrito. I don't remember his name. Perito. What the fuck's his? I don't know. He's just always a good dog. Yeah, that's not a character. Him. He's wonderful. He's hilarious. Um, lots of funny moments, funny interactions between the characters. Yeah. Uh, it works well. I think the Jack Horner character. Uh, do you watch Big Mouth? Uh, I've seen episodes. I don't like watch it, watch it. but It's very inappropriate. And yes. Obviously, John Mulaney is a key character in that. Mm-hmm. He's doing the exact same voice for John. Um, Jack Horner. Jack Horner. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stop thinking about it the entire time. Took <laughs> me out of it for that character. Uh, I landed on a... 15 out of 20. Wow. It seemed like you weren't very positive of it. I um, Look, man, I think it's mostly the character interactions that work well for me. Uh, there's a lot of funny moments and a lot of back and forth between everyone, and it flows and, and feels good um, in in the dialogue and the way all that works together. Because what this movie is, is like it's it's a very cookie-cutter adventure, so you just spend a lot of time hanging out with these characters. Yeah. Perito is fucking hilarious. Yeah. That dog is wonderful, <laughs> and then it's just... Victoria almost cried in the theater when Puss I cried. hit in the woods. I cried multiple times in this film. That was one of them. And he just comes and comforts Puss, and it's like, that's a great fucking moment. What about the time when he said they were playing hide-and-seek, and he would always come back to them, and then they fucking put him in a sock in a, with a rock and threw him down the <laughs> that's, river? That's funny. That's dark, <laughs> but that's funny. I was tearing up. Like, oh, my God. I was, that's in a kid's movie. Yeah, that's... <laughs> They're like, yeah, they tried to fucking drown me. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> You didn't even mention the number one character in this film, though. You met, you are right about the like character arc and development. P- Puss in Boots is kind of yeah. the only one, but this is Puss in Boots' movie. Million percent, yeah. The death character for Wolf. me. I'm just going to call him Death. Okay. He did it for me, Ty. That characterization, like we mentioned, so scary. So when after you know what it is at the end, makes sense. The way they committed to it. The scenes of him just 
whistling and pussy. He boots. shows up, you know. Yeah, and it's like the scene where they're all fighting in the. It's still um, Burrito's, you know, map or whatever. So it's like his world, and it's all happy sunshine, and they're all fighting in it, and then Puss is in the middle of a fight, and you just hear that whistle, and it does like that three sixty one shot almost, and shows the guy in the right before the panic attack scene, like man, like that characterization and like that villain to have that kind of complexity and that level of like character characterization in a kid's film yeah where usually villains are a freaking doll in a pawn shop that is sad because their owner let, abandoned them or subtweeting much or a plush bear in a toy whoa man let's chill that's a good one <laughs> how doesn't people talked about how similar lotso in the villain from toy story 4 is i feel like they kind of have similar uh, similar lotso is like a complete ripoff of The Walking Dead. I know that. Yeah. Because they like, live in a, like a like one area. Like, it's full-on, full-on fucking ripoff. Uh, no, Toy Story I... 4 didn't need to happen. I'll say it. Ever. Except for the rain scene. They could have made that a short, though. Just, I mean, I would have just watched that. I would have paid <laughs> the price of admission. <laughs> um, I really liked the Jack Horner character. I thought he was hilarious. I thought the whole, like, the scene where he talks about his adversity in life. He's like, I just had rich parents and had a family business and had this and had that, like, just <laughs> that characterization and, like, the villain and just, like, the meta-ness of, like, kind of going against sometimes, like, you know, these these uh, fairy tale villains and a bad upbringing, like, whatever. Like, it just kind of leaned into some of the meta comedy of it with that character. Um, and having Jiminy Cricket, or I don't think he called him Jiminy Cricket, but having the cricket on his shoulder and, you know, that didn't even I care about, about that it. fucking character. That that character was better. That's our third Jiminy Cricket character we've had in a movie in the last six weeks. And only one of – has even one of them been named Jiminy Cricket? No. No, I think the regular one, yeah, the Disney live-action Aladdin, I think it was. Aladdin? Uh, uh, no, Pinocchio. I thought that was Sebastian J. Cricket. That's Pinocchio. That's Gamma del Toro's Pinocchio. It, they, just went Jimin, they just went straight up Jiminy Cricket in – I don't think – They did. Did they? Yeah. And it was voiced by your favorite, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, no. I don't think they called him Jiminy Cricket. I think uh, – hold on. Let's do Tom Hanks. Pin- There's so many fucking Pinocchios <laughs> that pop up. It doesn't know what to show you. Um, ba, 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 ba. He is called – I'll be goddamned. It's Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Power rank your, your Jiminy Crickets from the last six weeks without giving away too much of Pinocchio. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Look, he wasn't a key part of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. No, he wasn't. I'm going to go. Are you going with this Jiminy Cricket first? I mean, I think the obvious choice isn't this one. I think the sleeper choice, like points per minutes on the floor. (laughs) I'm going this one, Guillermo del Toro's, then Disney's. Sebastian J. Cricket. Nope, that's not Disney's. (laughs) Just Jiminy. (laughs) Okay. What was this one talking I don't even know what his name was. God damn it. I got to find it now. Yeah. You just, you let me know once you find that. Um, but I really liked just the mesh of the characters. Um, Florence Pugh, who we Ethical love. Bug. Ethical bug. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Why do they get like, they've had Pinocchio in this. Why couldn't they call him Jiminy Cricket rather than ethical bug? <laughs> Cause it's funnier to call him ethical bug. It's fucking great. Is it not? It's very funny. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, the Florence Pugh, like, the whole Goldilocks character was fine to me. That was probably the weak link for me. But I, I really enjoyed the ensemble cast. 
I also gave it a 15, though. I feel like I liked it more than you, but I gave it the same score. I don't know. I, I didn't really touch on the villain, and when I like put that score down, very much was giving it credit for the villain. Yeah. I saw something that was like breaking it down. Like DreamWorks actually had a couple of really good villains, mm-hmm. and like they actually seemed to like care and take their time with it. I know a couple of the Kung Fu Panda movies have had really good like actual like Dude, the third Kung characters. Fu Panda movie's heavy. He finds his real family, and yeah. then it's like a thing of like, do I – who's my real dad kind of deal. Like the guy, this guy who's my dad and the, a panda or the guy who's raised me. Like it's some sad stuff. Yeah. It's heavy hitter. DreamWorks. Very good content. Very good or very bad. That's the problem is they don't have the consistency. They also have the how to train your dragon franchise though. They do, which I haven't seen any of Jason. I'm sorry. It's wonderful. I've seen two of them, but it's wonderful. But then they have like Turbo and the Crudes. Okay, but for every one of trolls. those, like, that's what I'm saying. They're very good or very bad. Did you ever see the bad guys with Gavin? That feels like uh, a movie you'd see with Gavin. He saw it with Riley. I didn't see it. What was her thoughts on that? No idea. Okay, the Boss Baby. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then even like Madagascar, great. But then we go into the sequels, and it's like, ah, eh, not so great. They made four Madagascar films. They've had 15 television series. Seasons. Okay. You're not wrong. They also have the the banger of a movie, oh, Megamind. Though. Madagascar 4, TBA. So, yes, Megamind. Great. Doesn't get enough credit. Doesn't. Is that Will Ferrell's best movie? No. Okay. It's not. Sorry. I wasn't asking, but people were asking. <laughs> Enjoyment, Ty. Look, I had a really good time with this. I wouldn't call it one of my all-time, all-time favorites, but I had a really good time. I left the theater, was entertained. Was thinking about it, was laughing about it. Uh, Gavin kind of played it off. He said, like, we were asking about it. He's like, oh, I liked it, but some of it, you know, it was a little slow. I kind of fell asleep. We're like, what? His eyes were closed because he was hiding from death. And, probably. And guess what? He went and saw it again with his mom like a week later. So, uh, so boring. You wanted to go see it a second yeah. time in theaters. What a little poser. He's trying to act too cool to like an animated movie. <laughs> I gave it a 17 out of 20 for a final score of 84 out of 100. Fuck. 17 out of 20. Yeah. You're doing your favorite thing where you say I'm actually that. not this time. I gave it a 15. <laughs> <laughs> I was a couple points lower than you. It was fun. I had a good time with it. I, I can't say that I'm going to be turning it on anytime soon. I This is a – so Mitchell's versus Machines, second time I watched it was on a plane. Next time I'm on a plane, I'm watching this movie again. Yeah? And I will probably do the same thing I did with Mitchell's versus the Machines and let all the like the flight anxiety I had just boil into my emotions watching the film and sob hysterically in the middle of an airplane. <laughs> And just, like, cowered in fear every time you hear the whistle. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, I, I liked it. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Very easy recommendation. I'm telling everybody, like, yeah, good fucking movie. Yeah. Um, But it's not one of my favorites. Now you better get used to this. I'm, I'm babysitting, Z- baby, babysitting Xander. Babysitting Xander. I'm turning on Puss in Boots the last wish, baby. I'm fine with that. Don't fucking scare my kid. Fast forward through the Oh, lessons. yeah. That's, pro- that's probably true. Just jump past those. <laughs> fine just mute the t you can watch just mute the tv i don't want him hearing that whistle (laughs) (laughs) that gives me a final score of 81 out of 100 what'd you give it jay 84 84 three points higher than me yep all right final score 82 and a half out of 100 making it our 48th ranked movie out of 164 films it uh, falls alongside the likes of uh, avatar the way of water (laughs) Avatar The Way of Water with an identical score and Eternals with a de- and Birds of Prey with identical scores. 
What a grouping of movies. Yeah. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm looking at, like, Soul, Encanto. Maybe Encanto, you could say, is justified to be higher. I don't think so, but whatever. Soul, um, Onward is a good film. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I don't know. Maybe some of the – Ray is one that probably does deserve the high cinematography because that was, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but maybe some of those could be just a few points lower. I'm not saying a lot, but just a few points lower. So that's kind of my point there. I do think that this was a good movie. I think those are getting the Disney bump Yeah, on a lot of those. Except for Raya. I stand by the fact that Raya is a underappreciated, very good animated movie. I, the best of the grouping that year. I don't know. Onward I like for other reasons, but probably should be a little bit lower. Animation, whatever we gave it was probably too high because that movie it's not. It's I think th- we even mentioned the definition the of cookie cutter. Yeah, well, I think we even mentioned the podcast. It didn't even feel like a Pixar animated. It felt like yeah. a DreamWorks animated. Yeah. And now that's kind of disrespectful because DreamWorks is at least getting create- creative. Well, it feels like the same team that worked on Trolls <laughs> <Yeah>. made <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Onward. Like, that's just, it's a very used style of animation. Very heartwarming story still. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it deserves credit and all of that. But for the animation and visuals and stuff, it, it shouldn't be there. And it's always will always be known as the last... COVID movie, or movie before a global pandemic. Went saw that at a very nice, I think it was Arclight Theater. They don't have those anymore. I'm pretty sure they went out of business. Gee, and been, I'm sad about it. I've been fucking looking for those. Like, we went down to San Diego. I was trying to find one, and yeah. I couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty Did sure COVID they, kill Arclight? I think so. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Because that was the, the first time I'd ever been to one, and I fell in love. And then the movie theaters shut down for two years. Yeah. In April 2021, the whatever corporation said it was sh- shuttering the dome and its Pacific Theaters change, chain, which includes the Arclight Hollywood, a haven for art house enthusiasts. Ugh. That bums me out. Arclight Cinema's last tweet, March 17th, 2020. No, sorry, March 22nd, 2021. What did it say? Arclight Cinemas remains committed to providing a meaningful communal movie-going experience. Given the complexity of the current situation, we are not reopening movie theaters until operating operating conditions stabilize and we're able to deliver the Arclight experience you've come to know and love. Was it good? I've always wanted to go to one or to it. I don't know if there's only one, but I've always wanted to, and I never did. Uh, it was the best movie-going experience I've had. Complete opposite of this movie theater. What was so good about it? It was just quality, man. You could fucking taste the quality. It was a nicer interior. The seats were nice. No no trailers before. Someone came in and, like, told you shit before the movie. Like, made an announcement to the crowd. What was that announcement? I don't know. Just like, oh, you know, your emergency exits are here and here. Like, please no phone or video. Like, they just, they spoke to you. That's something I'll never do. I wish I could. It was very nice. I'm bummed out. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it really brought me down to end the pod here. Well, Victoria sent Riley and I, like, a cool movie theater she saw on tiktok or something that yeah. looked pretty cool so did look nice i guess that'll that'll I'll make that a for try it. yeah I, where was that like pasadena or something like that yeah i think so so not i don't too know far. maybe we'll see ant-man there no not at all especially when there's no traffic pasadena is like an hour drive yeah. um pasadena theater anyways um 82 and a half what do we or i'll give you random rotten tomato movie review tie still doing that after i fucking nailed last week yeah i switched it up a little bit my my groundbreaking idea is now I'm just gonna make you give you the movie. You have to guess the audience score, not the not the tomato meter, the audience score. 
Oh, so it's a little bit different than what we've done before. Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're just literally shifting one column over. Look, I couldn't think of anything, but it's different. Now you got to think not in the mind of a critic, in the mind of the audience. The common man. The common man. Imagine I nail this first fucking movie. Give me one. Well, it's a cat movie. Um, so the random Rotten Tomato movie of the week. Cats. Keanu. The Key and Peel. Where they kill his cat rather than his dog. Um, Something about them having to get a cat. I don't know exactly what the plot is of Keanu other than it was like a skit, I think, that turned into a movie. I don't know. Released in April 29th, 2016. Uh, Jordan Peele wrote it. He went from writing this and producing this to what he does now, which is one what of a the jump. weirdest change-ups I've ever seen. Incredible. Yeah. I'll admit I'm a big Key and Peele fan. Didn't see this movie. Uh, same. I love Key and Peele, loved the show, will constantly rewatch them. I love the racist uh, cowboy music skit. You seen that one? I'll have to go watch it. The black guy singing cow don't, like don't country music. Don't spoil it for me. It's racist. <laughs> he doesn't know it's racist and he's black. It's very funny. <laughs> that, That's the okay. joke. Okay. Key and Peele's good. That's your kind of comedy, Ty. You could be a sketch comic. Yeah. Sorry to bring fun. you down even more. <laughs> you're, just, you're just fucking <laughs> backhanded compliments throughout the pod. <laughs> Um, so look, I don't think anyone went and saw this. I feel like it's going to get a bump from like the Key and Peele fans who went and saw it and liked Key and Peele, but I don't think it was received well. I don't think it was, it got very much love. 48% is my guess. This is off of not seeing this at all. Not really hearing people talk about it at all. What about, what if I told you the tomato meter was 78%? Does that make you not feel good about your score? Critics was 78%. No, I, I still feel pretty confident, and I think audience is probably 48. Well, you have a feel. You didn't get it, but you, you had a feel. It landed at a 55%. Oh, seven points off. But 78 critics, 55% audience. For a Key and Peele sketch comedy movie. Not what I would have anticipated in the slightest, but that's why we do this. Um, how much do you think that movie made at the box office? $28 million. 20.7? I mean, that's kind of close, but not really. $15 million budget. They profited. They probably broke even with advertising. What a weird fucking movie. Uh, Avatar 2 is pretty high. Highest grossing Just a, movie of the year. Another Avatar 2 update. Uh, 1.7 bill. Woo. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get anywhere near the first one, but they made enough movie to continue producing Avatar films. I, what is the first one at? Like 2.8. Let me look. It's a bad radio. 2.9. Yeah. God. It's that 1.7 tie. It could get not 2.9, but it's probably going to kiss. Kiss. Cross two. Well, it'll probably get two bill. Man. It's already like top 10 all time, right? There hasn't been a lot of multi yeah, billion dollar films. Number seven. Most of which have come out in the last few years, obviously. Inflation. And they're all like Disney. Yeah. Top Gun Mavericks, number 12, though. 1.4 bill. Good for it. Love that fucking movie. How did uh did we get any buzz going at the Golden Globes for Top Gun Maverick? It didn't win anything, so. But like, was the vibe good? I don't. I didn't watch the, the Golden Globes tie. Okay. I'm just hoping it was like a. Everyone was like winking at Tom, like, "Don't worry, you got the next one." <laughs> you know. Like this wasn't for you. You want the big guy. Oh my gosh. That's what I was hoping. What are we reviewing next week, Ty? Next week, Jay. It's not. It's not. It's a soft eighty percent chance. We're reviewing. I told you you had the whole podcast to figure out. We have a choice of two movies. Hundred percent chance we're reviewing a man called Otto. 
Okay. You don't want to review Plane. No. I'm shocked. I know. I think I sent it to you on Twitter and you said, A, let's go. And this isn't A, let's go energy. I can't wait to watch it um, once I'm a dad. That's I'm <laughs> holding out until I'm actually a dad to watch this dad action movie. That'll be my excuse. That's, that's a great excuse, uh, though, right? Like a week after he's born, you're going to put him to bed, pour a nice glass of wine. I might just wine. pull like a real dad move, buy a DVD player and buy this movie on DVD, put it in on the while we're in the hospital. <laughs> Hook it up to the TV. Just a full dad move. I was thinking you'd put him to bed, get a nice glass of wine, put on, take off your Nike Air Monarchs. Can I get you a pair of ounces, dog? Come on now. Can I get you a pair of Air Monarchs now that you're when you become a father? Sure. (laughs) Fucking rock. Those are the ultimate dad fucking shoes. Um. No, I'm not reviewing Plane though. This looks like a ridiculous action movie and i just feel like no one's gonna watch it and like we're we're for the people jay we want to talk about what the people are talking about you know all right a man called auto and i'm really hoping that tom everyone's saying oh tom hanks so good tom hanks doesn't know how to act anymore and i can't wait to shit on this movie great so you're going into it with bias i go into every movie with bias you're a fucking liar if you don't go into a movie with bias clean slate you don't go in what's hold on hold on no hold on let me do something here i'm gonna prove a point Clean slate, uh, baby. Let me just control F, love, love, and thunder. You gave a 77 out of 100. You don't think you went in that movie with a little bit of Marvel bias, hoping that it was good? You gave it an 80. And I regret that. <laughs> <laughs> but I admit my bias. That's the thing, Jay. I said I'm biased with every movie. Well, my 2023 resolution is clean slate. Unbiased? Yeah. Okay. I go in with un- with bias, but then it, I sometimes I get thrown around. I was expecting Babylon to be terrible, and I've got to be like the one guy. I'm fucking Jon Snow with the army running at him. I'm pulling out my sword defending Babylon. <laughs> a man called Otto, Tom Hanks, and a bunch of other people who aren't big names. That'll be an interesting film to talk I, about. Oh, I'm I excited. Think, I think there's another cat in this movie. There is. He adopts a cat. Yeah, to keep him company because he's lonely. And when that happened in the trailer, before Puss in Boots, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so bad in this. Geppetto ass. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, yeah, that's next week. And then, look, we got a little bit of opening in our schedule after that. Plane. Um, well, we have, we've got to get some Oscar movies knocked out. We could probably post Pinocchio. That could probably be the plan. January 25th? Yeah. Pinocchio, January 25th. Mark your calendars. I was going to say Ban- Banshees of Inishirin. All right, Banshees Inishirin. of Inishirin, January 25th. Mark your calendars. I also don't know uh, January 11th. Okay, that is the release date. Yeah. It's release date of the pod. Oh, okay. I thought, for some reason, I thought of the movie, which makes no sense because it's on streaming. I was like, that's not going to work. Got it. Banshees of Ed Sheeran, two weeks from today. I Go watch it. I fucked up that name. I'm, I tried spelling it correctly. I'm going to delete that Just before you can even see it. I'm going to do Ed Sheeran. Call, yeah. Banshees of Ed Sheeran. It's literally the only thing I've been calling it. <laughs> How do you spell Sheeran? S H E E R A N. I did two R's. It didn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, a man called Otto, Tom Hanks. Uh, you got anything, Jay? I don't. That'll be fun. Go watch that movie. We'll shit on it together next week. Maybe I'll take some call-in submissions <laughs> to yeah. shit on it. Uh, in the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.